Good morning. How's everybody feeling today? All right. I like that. All right. Feeling good. It's the end of August. Can you believe that summer... Summer is almost... Don't say it. If I don't say it, will it make it not true? We'll test it out. I won't say it. I won't tell you that summer's almost over. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Matt. I'm the next-gen pastor here at New Life. Uh, pastor Rich is still on vacation. He'll be back with us next Sunday, all right? He'll be back with us. There was one person, Pastor Rich, I don't know if you're watching this. One person is excited that you'll be back next week. I'd also like to extend a welcome to our friends who are watching online. So good to have you with us. Um, I'd like to start today, I just want to celebrate two things, two things going on in our community. This month at the beginning of August, here at New Life, we had our annual VBS. We had our annual VBS. It was a fantastic three days of having a group of over 70 children join us, both from New Life, and we partnered with Expansion Church in Long Island City. They, we came together for a phenomenal time of imparting the good news of Jesus to a group of children who, let me tell you something, they, I thought they were going to tear this place down. <laughs> but by the grace of God, we were able to keep them safe, even though children and this hard floor don't always go well together. Um, but it was phenomenal. We were able to teach them about how, how they can love how Jesus loves, how they can go where Jesus goes and how they can be a blessing wherever they happen to put their feet. And I want to celebrate the incredible volunteers. I see some of you in the room that were serving for VBS. You guys were awesome for those three days. So yeah, come on, we can give it up. Our wonderful staff team pulled together and even we had translators because everything we said from stage needed to be translated into Spanish for a group of kids who were joining us uh, and Spanish was their first language. And so it was a great time. And let me tell you, we are already planning VBS 2024. Yeah. And you know what? I forgot to say this first service, but I'll say it now. The theme for VBS 2024 is start the party. Start the party. See, hold on. If I invite you, somebody to a party and that's how you respond, you're getting uninvited. I said the theme of VBS is start the party. Come on. So why don't you think about coming to party with us next year for that even bigger week at VBS in 2024. The second thing I want to celebrate is, as Pastor Helen mentioned earlier, we've been running our back-to-school drive. Um, and one, of the, one part of it was raising money so we could buy backpacks for students at an elementary school in East Elmhurst. And our goal was to be able to buy 150 backpacks. It, it was $3,800. And as often happens here at New Life, whenever we do some kind of fundraiser, you all show up. And show out. And so by the grace of God, we were able to raise over $6,000. That will allow us to purchase 200 backpacks. Plus, we'll be able to do another outreach for a different school later on in the fall that I am certain you'll be hearing more about very shortly. And so here's the thing. We do this stuff so that we have an opportunity to be a blessing to the people around us to the children in our church, and to the community around New Life Fellowship Church. And my hope is, as we're able to bless others, they can go and bless somebody as well. And today, as we continue our series on the lexicon of faith, everybody say, lexicon of faith. Lexicon of faith. 
When was the last time you used the word lexicon just out? There you go. You're welcome. Uh, We're going to take a deeper look at what it means to be blessed. We're going to take a look at what it means to be blessed. Now, I have to warn you. We're going to look at a text in Ephesians chapter 1. But we're going to be moving all over the Bible. When I was a kid going to church back in the day, we used to watch this show in Sunday school called Superbook. Anybody know Superbook? The people that, amazing. You know, if you know Superbook, let me see your hands so I don't feel so lonely. I see you. Thank you so much. We used to watch Superbook, and basically it was magic school bus for the church. (laughs) It would take you into the Bible story. You would be transported back in time. Now, I wish that we could do that because I have some questions that would be answered. But we're going to take a look at some passages in the Old Testament. We're going to move around to the middle of the Old Testament. We're going to bump into the New Testament. We're going to be all over Scripture. But I want to start with Ephesians 1, verse 3 and 4, because, and I want you to hold on to this. Because what Paul is writing in Ephesians 1 is exactly the idea that is going to root us in what true blessings really are. And so let's look at the Word of God together. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 say this. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without any fault in his eyes. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are a God who blesses. We thank you that you've chosen to bless us. Father, may your word go forth in a way that is powerful, in a way that convicts, in a way that convinces us that your blessings are greater than anything else we could ever hope for. I pray these things in Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. Amen. Now, I think it's safe to say that we hear the word blessed or bless or blessings a lot. Yeah? Yeah? Like, think about the last time you said it or you heard it. Maybe it was this morning on your way to church. Maybe it's as you were walking in the front door, somebody said, blessings, welcome. Maybe it's the way you end your emails. Blah, 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 blessings. <laughs> Maybe it's the way you answer the question, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm blessed. I feel like if you're in church, you know somebody who says that. Every single time, no matter what's happening in their life, no matter, you ask them, how you doing? They say, I'm blessed. Who just thought of a person right now? All right, I see you. There you go. There you go. Who is that? No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to out yourself. You're all good. I hear it a lot when people win prizes or trophies or after a sports competition. You notice how the winners are always blessed? What does that mean about the person who lost? You ain't blessed. You lost. (laughs) I guarantee you that if someone in this room right now were to sneeze, that shower of snot and saliva would be met with a shower of bless yous and God bless yous, and most definitely stares to make sure they covered their mouth. <laughs> Here's the thing. Or, sorry, this is important too. Maybe you're like me, and you've wished somebody a sarcastic God bless you. Like they do something that either annoys you or makes you mad, and you're like, God bless you, and you, just, and you walk away. Anybody else? Anybody want? Thank you. Get that woman some kind of prize. Pastor Jackie, you too. Thank you for being honest. (laughs) See, we claim and we wish blessing all the time. And there's perhaps nowhere in our world that's more evident than on social media. Now, I want to show you a symbol. And this symbol used to be known as a number sign, right? 
It also used to be known as the pound sign. So, like, that's the thing you press to get the robot to stop talking on the phone when you want to speak to a human being. But in 2004, this symbol was given a whole new meaning that kind of made the other two seem less important or just less well-known. Does anybody know what this is called now? Man, a hashtag. I see you people spend some time on social media. All right. It's called the hashtag. Now, sorry, um... The hashtag is used to categorize things on social media. So if you put this, let's say you have a picture of a sunset and you put hashtag blessed on it, all of a sudden your post, wherever it is, is categorized with every other post that has that particular hashtag. Hashtag beautiful, hashtag sunset. Um, And so this became such a huge phenomenon huge phenomenon that people started to be funny in their captions, started turning entire sentences into hashtags. Hashtag, I think I'm going to work today. That's not how they're supposed to work, but it's okay. We, we don't judge here. It's just you're doing it wrong. <laughs> but then it became an even further phenomenon when people decided to start using them in just everyday conversation. Hashtag, call me hashtag puzzled by that. And so here's, here's why I'm pointing this out. If you were to go on Instagram and do a simple search of the phrase, hashtag blessed, it will return 148 million posts just on Instagram. Now, to give you an idea of what that means, I, I asked my good friend, ChatGPT, to tell me how long would it take for the average person to look at every single one of those posts. And it told me that if an average person were to spend 10 seconds on each of those posts, it would take you over 28 years to look at every single thing that's categorized as hashtag blessed. And that's only if somebody else doesn't add something in the next eight seconds. (laughs) That's a long time, and that's a lot of people who are sharing about, talking about, and posting about ways that they feel blessed. In 2014, there was a column in the New York Times by a journalist named Jessica Bennett, and here's what she had to say about all these blessings people are so eager to share. There's nothing quite like invoking holiness as a way to brag about your life. But calling something blessed has become the go-to term for those who want to boast about an accomplishment while pretending to be humble, fish for a compliment, acknowledge a success without sounding too conceited, or purposely elicit envy. Blessed, divine, or supremely favored is now used to explain that coveted TED Talk invite as well as to celebrate your grandmother's 91st birthday. Now, Jessica's coming in a little hot with that one. (laughs) But I actually, I don't think she's wrong. The idea of being blessed has been reduced to a superstitious claim or as a way, as she put it, to attach holiness to something that might not have anything to do with God at all. So I find myself asking this question. Is something a blessing just because I call it one? Just because it feels like one? And what exactly is a blessing? And thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about this topic. In fact, if you go cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, you will encounter something having to do with this idea of blessings. And I asked you to hold on to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, because it was going to root us in a particular idea that we want to communicate today about blessings. And so I want to read it one more time. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. 
Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Paul is pointing back to the source and sight of every blessing, no matter the substance of our lives. So if you have a Rolls Royce or a Hoopty, you are blessed. If you have a huge house or no house, you are blessed. A big bank account or no bank account, kids or no kids, job or no job. He's pointing out the fact that the source of every blessing in our lives is God in heaven. And I said before, you see this in scripture right from the very beginning. So let's take a trip. Let's get in our magic super book bus thing, whatever we call it. And let's go through the book of Genesis and look at a few things. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and 2, you find the creation story. God is literally making the world. In the beginning, God's creating. And in chapter 1, verse 20 to 22, we encounter the world's first blessing. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Everybody say it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas. Let the birds multiply on the earth. God blesses the living creatures. And for the first time, blessing enters the world. But that's not where he stops. If we jump down to verse 27 and 28. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God blesses people. He gives them a calling. He gives them a purpose. He tells them, you and I, we're going to do this, this thing together. We're going to walk together. And this is more than just some words of good luck or hoping for good for fortune. This is God blessing his creation. And this is something we have to understand about what blessings truly are. Blessings from God are an invitation to life in his presence. Blessings from God. You want to know something's a blessing from God? It's an invitation to walk and to live in his presence. They draw us closer into relationship with him. His blessings in this case was to rule over creation, but also to walk around with him in the garden. Like, God is walking around with his creation. He's like, I'm going to bless you by being with you. I'm going to bless you by being around you. I'm going to bless you by letting you be around me. And so here's the thing. Blessings from God are ultimately about experiencing the abundance of life. Not because of what we possess, not because of our social standing, not because of anything that any of us can count or measure the abundance of life is first and foremost about a life with God. There's no greater blessing than that. There's no greater thing that you can experience than to simply be with God and to have our life flow from his life. But God has not done blessing things yet. If we look at chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, it says this, On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. Can I get an amen for God blessing rest? <laughs> now understand, this is the first non-living thing that God is blessing. He blessed the creatures. He blessed people. God creates these things and then blesses them. But this is the first non-living thing. But it's the first life-giving thing. 
He's blessing something that he knows will restore your life. He's blessing something that he knows will allow you to step back with him, to rest with him, to rest in him, and delight in the good things that he's done. Right from the outset of biblical history, God is blessing his creation. He's proving that he is both the source and the substance of blessing. It starts with him, and it is him. And for you and I, what that ultimately means is if we gain nothing, if we have nothing, but we have a relationship with God through Jesus, then we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are blessed in the way Paul is exactly unpacking in Ephesians chapter 1. The spiritual blessings that Paul is talking about are far more precious than anything we can hold. Far more precious than anything that you can earn. And so here's my question for you. Do you feel blessed because of what you have or because of who you have? Is your feeling of being blessed dependent on temporal things that you can lose tomorrow or on the solid rock and foundation of God in Christ? See, we know that we're blessed by God and because of God. And when you know those things, there are two responses that I think are most fitting. There's two responses that I want to point us toward. See, I I used to have a hard time with this idea that we can somehow bless God. But when we know that we're blessed, that's the only response, is to bless God right back. And people would say that all the time, oh, bless God. I would say, "Who, who do you think you are that you can bless God? Like, what is it that you think you have that you can bless God? But it's because I had a poor understanding of what blessings actually look like. See, I was always thinking of our blessings as something I can put my hands on. I was always thinking of our blessings as something that I can count. And I never understood that we bless God simply by doing two among many other things, but two in particular that I'd like to highlight for us. And here's the first one. The first thing that we can do to bless God, is give God our obedience. Somebody say obedience. Obedience. You want to be blessed? You want to know for certain that the blessings of God are flowing into your life? Check out what Jesus says in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 23. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. What greater blessing could you have than for Jesus to sit at your dinner table with you? What greater blessing could any of us have than to know that we are in fellowship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who spoke and everything came into existence? What greater blessing could you have than to be in relationship with the one who knows you, who made you, and who loves you? There is no greater blessing than that, friends. And what we can do, a way that we can bless God back for all that he's given to us, is to live a life of obedience to him, to live our lives in fellowship with him, to be clear. Obedience doesn't earn you blessings. Obedience keeps us connected to the God who blesses. And the second way we can bless God is with worship. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, this is what it says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Say all. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good 
so your youth is renewed like eagles. When we praise, we are actively blessing God and declaring him as the one who is blessed and should be blessed. But I don't want to talk about it. We should do it. And so what I want to invite you now, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a song. And the song says, bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul. It says, sing like never before. Not because we're singing a song, not because I want you to perform, but because we have an opportunity right here, right now, in this space, in this time, at this moment, to bless God with everything we have. And so, friends, I'm going to invite you to stand. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. Then I'm going to come back, and we're going to close this thing out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh my soul. I worship your your holy name. I worship your holy name. 
Oh, you can keep going with that if you want. We can give, we can bless God. Come on, let's bless God in here. Come on. That was so good. You can, you can be seated. I want to, I want to close with two things that we can take with us. And the first one takes us back again to the Old Testament and the story of Jacob. Jacob, from the moment he was born, was a liar. He was a manipulator. He just, he wasn't really a good person to be around. He did everything he possibly could to earn and claw and fight his way into a blessing, even if it meant he had to cheat his own family to do it. And at one point in his life, Jacob, I see you, Jacob, is... (laughs) That Jacob's nothing like that. You're all good. You're all good. At one point in his life, Jacob is is running from his brother, whose birthright he'd stolen, and, and, and the blessing from his father that he was supposed to get. And then Jacob has this moment where he sends everything he has, his whole family, all of his possessions. He says, listen, you guys got to get out of here. This guy's coming to get me. I'm going to spare you to make sure that all the stuff I have can go on and I'll see maybe my brother will have mercy on me. And as he's waiting for what he believes is his fate, in the darkness, all of a sudden, the scriptures tell us that a man comes to him in the night and they start wrestling. Now, in the scriptures, when it says a man, it's understood that this is God. And so Jacob is having a moment where he is wrestling, not like at night for a couple minutes. The Bible says that he wrestled with God all night long. And as day is breaking, this is what it says in Genesis chapter 32, verse 26. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob has spent his life fighting and clawing for blessings, and now that he's with the one who can bless him, he's saying, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting go until you bless me. He's still trying to grapple and grab on and hold on to a blessing. So in this case, he's holding on to God. I want to contrast that with what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. Jacob is holding on to God so he can be blessed. You are blessed because Jesus is holding on to you. And Jesus will never let you go. Nothing can snatch you from his hand. Nothing can stop the blessings of God from coming into your life in the name and in the power of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you this, there is no greater blessing than that. And that is the blessing on the life of everyone who believes in Jesus. It's not what you have, it's who has you. And because of Jesus, and I love this, because of Jesus, any earthly blessing that we have, we can hold with open hands so that we can bless somebody else. We can, we can have these things with open hands so we can bless someone else. And that might look like sharing an encouraging word with someone. It might mean blessing somebody just by listening to them. It could look like going downstairs when this service is over, 
Go to the Shell Room and support our back-to-school drive. Take, we have a tree downstairs with names of educators that you can pray for. It doesn't matter what you think about public schools. You can still go downstairs and pray for somebody who's standing on those front lines. It might mean, because I'm the next-gen pastor, I would be doing a bad job if I didn't say this, blessing somebody else might mean becoming a small group leader for a kid or a teenager. And those kids and teenagers need you. Maybe that's the way God is calling you to bless someone else in this season of your life. But when we recognize the blessings in our lives that are most important, it makes letting go of everything else that much easier. Because you realize, even if I don't have this thing anymore, I'm still blessed because of Jesus. And so who can you bless this week? With your time, with your presence, or with your abundance? And I want to leave you with this. Blessings themselves are not an end to be pursued. Pursuing God is. The fullness of his blessings can only be experienced by living in his presence. Be blessed.